Welcome to Kirsty Alley on The Verge. On today's episode, Kirsty talks about how to get your affairs in order prior to death. With in-studio special guest Kelly, please welcome your host, Kirsty Alley. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I know I always say this, but I'm always going to say it. I know you have many choices, but you've chosen this one, so you're either crazy or I'm just grateful or you're both. I guess that one of those was me. It's sort of um, one of those days where, I mean, I didn't drink or anything and I don't do any drugs, but I didn't sleep very well. So I might be a little bit nuts today, so a little more. Let's put it that way. And I'm joined here today by Corey. Hello. How are you? There he is with his sexy voice. Hello. (laughs) You sound like Barry White over there. (laughs) Hello, baby, oh baby. And then we also have Kelly. I'm not going to do my order voice. Do it. Hi. Okay. So anyway, we have the three of us here. We actually spend quite a bit of time together because there's semi-quarantine situations around. We won't even go into that because it's just way too dismal. But, you know, we, we sort of left off the other day talking about taking care of people. And, you know, I just wanted to say that I guess you could call us caretakers because we've all caretaken care our parents in certain times. And I just want to say I have the best dad in the entire universe. He was... The kind of dad that went to work every day, came home at, I think he came home around 4.30 and played sports. There would always be, always be the sport of the month sort of a thing. But all the kids in the neighborhood would come to our house and my dad made a, a sand pit, to you know, sandbox thing when we were young. And then he put up, a, what was that, tetherball? tether ball pole or high jumping poles or we were into hop skip and jump for a while or football but he was the guy and in our yard which was connected to the neighbor's yard without a fence so we had a perfect football field but I just you know I've been last the last uh, podcast I think we were talking about taking care of our parents and The trick of it right now with the COVID thing is just crazy. Brutal. Brutal. Because you, I know that your grandma, Normie. Yeah. We talked a little bit about her, but did we talk about how hard it is to visit people? And No, but I did get a visitor yesterday. I can go once a week, and it's seriously like visiting an inmate. I'm behind plexiglass. You can't touch. You can't. It's so weird. How far away is she? She's it's like a conference table and she has to be at the very other end. And then you're behind plexiglass and then there's like things on the side like there's no access at all. It's weird. It's crazy, isn't it? And they won't let younger you have to be 12. So Which makes no sense cuz she, really she wants to see my kids. Which, oh, they won't let kids go in at all. No, you have to be 12 or older, which is a stupid rule because so what? If you're 12 12 year olds can't give covid. 11-year-olds can. I, well, listen, I, I get it. I'm COVID conscious. I, I'm not a COVID. <laughs> You're what? I'm not a COVID hate. I, I want to do the right thing, but I think. But, like, he's got a point. Like, a 12-year-old can't, can't. Uh, when you're 12, you're probably more of a super Right, spreader. but also a 12-year-old, it's like saying, you know, if you're 10, you can't spread the virus. If you're 12 mm. or 
If you're 11, you can too. Right. If you're 12, you can't. Yeah, but my, yes, exactly. It's stupid. And how about this part? Maybe we've already talked about it, but I'll talk about it a million times because in my dad's plays, it's even a little bit harder. It's I went in and I had to hazmat suit up. Right. Gloves, literally hazmat suit thing, coat thing, two masks, and a uh, shield. And glo- I said gloves, right? Right. And I went in his room, and he's already had COVID. He's had it. So I'm not going to give him COVID. Do you no. know what I mean? Right. And when you say, well, how did he get it? Why are you guys laughing so hard? Because Corey told me the last podcast we did that I have a problem with saying right, right, right. And I just said it Now right. you're saying right, right, right all the time? I'm just trying to acknowledge what you're saying. Is that all I'm trying to no, do? I th- I no, th- I understand that. What is that thing I say all the time that's so stupid? You know, you know. I either say you know or... You know, I real there we go. I realized last time when we were doing the one podcast about the the way we talk and the things like that, that I, I just felt like I didn't really go into detail. <laughs> what an idiot I sounded like. Maybe I did. But I think we all have our, you know, or whatever. I remember Obama used to have this thing. Um, what was the thing he would always... Do you remember? I, I don't. He used to... He would go... Um, or he would do some pause. Um, I don't understand. He went mm, like quite like that, but it was about like that. But we're all cl- critical. Like if I listen to myself, we all can be critical of our what our voice sounds like or whatever. But when Corey was critical of my right, I wasn't. Cr- right, I, I wasn't. Right, I was like, I wasn't critical. What did you say? I'll, I goes, I'm going to be. Edi- the, I'm the moderator. I'm going to be. He the goes. Mediator. I edited about three hundred rights. Oh, you're God, exaggerating. Corey. You're exaggerating. Okay, That's, what did you say exactly? I'm the, remember, I, we're going to keep it. This is we're going to keep it clean. <laughs> we're going to keep. Nobody's going to hit anybody. Nobody's going to. Okay. I said you have to be mindful of when you're doing the next podcast of not saying right. I edited out about twenty-five to thirty rights when anything <laughs> Kirsty would say, you'd go right. Right. She's molding. That's because we're used to we, we're used to acknowledging each other. But I say stupid. What is this stuff? There's something that I said. It's very valley, and it's not. Oh, I know what it was. No, this was bad. So you don't say right all the time, and I won't do this. I've been sliding my words. Usually, I speak sort of succinctly. I say, you know, there was this girl the other day, and she had blonde hair, and she was very beautiful. And now I've started doing this. There was this girl, and um, <laughs> she has blonde hair. It's like I'm chewing, like I'm 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 carrying out my words too long, and I'm inarticulate. No. I don't have I'm not articulate anymore. When I do the podcast, usually I have a pretty good vocabulary. Then I sit down to do the podcast. I have all my words are. I'm a little like Trump. Good, great, big, wonderful, <laughs> amazing. Huge. What is that one? Huge. Huge. It's I I I I've lost all my adjectives and adverbs. So when I hear me back, I just Well, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to sit down and rattle off an hour and a half of something and not repeat, right? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Dang, I, I almost made it. Almost. Almost got her. Oh Lord. All right. So we were talking about that, you know, that we love our I love my dad to death, and I just it, every time, and just recently, could you go in 
and sit in a hazmat suit. He couldn't hear, you know, my dad can't hear. So, well, he also probably didn't recognize you in your hazmat get up. He, you know, what I did, I took a paper plate and on the back of it, I put, This is Kirsty. This is, I'm Kirsty. <laughs> well, who would have recognized? Right. I mean, yeah, and he has good eyesight. But anyway, that started me thinking about different kinds of caretaking and different kinds of caretaking. You know, I wish, uh, just I'm going to say this, I just wished my dad had, you know, he stayed in his own house, which he wanted to, till he was 96. Mm -hmm. And then all hell broke loose when he, not in his universe, just mine, but all, when he went... Well, he fell, did he fall? No, he didn't fall. He got a UTI, right. and his idiot caretaker that was at his house just said, oh, he has onset dementia. And I was like, what, in like the last 15 minutes? Why don't you take him to the emergency room or something? She's like, no, look, I know what I'm doing. He's, this is dementia. But it wasn't. It was a UTI. When older people get UTIs, they, their brains don't work right, you know? They get confused, which I didn't know that until you told me that about your dad, and then... My grandma's friend, who was 97, the UTI is what ended up, that's why she died, is because they didn't check for a UTI, and she was getting confused, and because it, it to me, it feels like a UTI, what? That doesn't feel like... Well, it's putting that poison in your body, Yeah. and when you have a compromised body, but I instead of, I even asked... If my dad, since this has now happened a couple of times, if he could be checked, you know, every couple of weeks or something. Because it's just a no, urine No, but the, that's not, that was a bad idea. I was like, why is that a bad idea? Well, it's just a urine sample, right? Yes, but it could be because he's, uh, I don't even want to go into it. All I know is then he made the decision to stay there. And he likes it and he feels safe. And so that's... You know, you have to think about what they want, obviously, and what's good for them, not what's good for you. What's good for me is he would have gone back to his house with 24-hour care. Right. And, but that's not what was good for him, right? Corey, you I, motherfucker. I, I know. I'm I see sorry. you looking over there <laughs> at even, Kelly. I haven't even, I'm, I'm observing. I didn't make a face whatsoever. <laughs> she did. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've ruined your I podcast husband, career. Right? You know, do you do that like... If somebody's boyfriend or a husband does something, I'll say, what a fuck. What a, you know, I'll just g agree. But oh, yeah, I don't... you do that with me. Like, if I'm ever mad at, you're, you're a really good friend, though. <laughs> I think that's the friend code. It is. You have to. You have to be like, yeah, fuck him. Yeah. What did he say to you? He said, what? What, what a an dick. asshole. I hate him right now, too. I hate him, too. <laughs> do you guys do that with other guys? No, not really. I don't think so. I mean, they they've got their backs, but they all think everybody's wife's an idiot. So, oh well. <laughs> Except for you, everybody loves you, including me. This is getting deep. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about caretakers in general, a different kind, because the only thing I've in, ever invested my money in is uh, property. And it's actually a sort of a stupid investment. I mean, the only thing it's better than is not snorting cocaine and spending all your money. But when you invest in residential property, you 
now I'm self-conscious because I'm going to go, and Kelly's going to go, right? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm no, sorry. I'm kidding. Don't I be sorry. I shouldn't have ever. mentioned. Okay. So anyway, resident. <laughs> so I've only invested in residential property, which means it's just money pit, money pit, money pit, money pit, money pit. And you think that down the road, at least I thought, you know, I, I buy such amazing properties the savings account. It is, but it's uh, one, then once you are on the other side and you add up all the mortgages or all the bills or all the everything, you I don't, don't think I don't think you ever break even. And then if you by chance make some extra money, then the government takes it from you in <laughs> what is that called? Property taxes? No. And don't try and edit out my thinking i'm i have a process what is it called <laughs> I, I edit very little out of this whole thing this is a very do. natural show and i let it flow it's just i, I man capital gains Corey. Uh, capital, capital gains. gains see you figured it out okay you so then you have capital gains which means you know bravo you made an investment 25 years ago now you're selling it now you're going to make some a good chunk of change. Not so much now because the government's going to take a huge chunk. So did it ever make sense to you that you have all your money? I mean, you make money. You work your ass off. You get money. You, I think my tax bracket for the most of my career was 40% or more. Right. You pay the government. Then you buy some, and you have something nice. And then when you sell it, you've got to give the government more money for selling it and making some money off of it. In fact, I hate the government, so we're not going to talk about it, all right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just okay. wait till you die, and then your kids have to pay all those death taxes. Well, that's why I... But that's not going to be your fault. It's, well, <laughs> I, you know what? I, you know, I became a resident of a state. I'm a resident of Florida. Which taxes... Good you, move. You no don't have... I don't think there are inheritance taxes in Florida. And are there in Kansas? I'm not so sure. Yes. yes. Really? Yes. Yes. There's all sorts of taxes that you have to pay when when you when you die. I mean, you'll you'll never you, people come out of the woodwork to find you or the the person that dead wherever the will is going. Why? What are they going to go for? Whatever they can. Yeah. Oh my God, that's scary. So it, the motto to this is: Don't die. We just blow all of our money like right. Yeah. You can't spend it when you're dead, and if you don't have any, your kids won't have to mess with it. I guess. I don't have to mess with it. I'm thinking they might like to inherit something. Yes, except for what he... I mean, Corey's parents have both passed away. Right. So we've been through this. We've gone down these roads, which was uncharted territory for everyone. But the the stuff we had to pay and figure out was crazy. And, and it, his parents even had a lawyer with a will and a trust and all the things. And it still was like a cluster why why is that is that because of the taxes like death tax or inheritance tax it's or? A, it's I, I don't know it had most of the stuff was property um stuff so well, you know what you're in a bunch of real estate so it was hard getting the titles switched over and then you had to pay this and pay that and pay this and pay that and it was well weird. I, and aren't you you're in a situation Corey, that you have how many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, two brothers and a sister. And then you guys have land things that yeah. involve cousins and well, a little bit, but sisters. My dad's my dad's 
uh, and my mom's farm stuff was there. So, but they're also involved in a family farm, but their stuff was there. So it was still it was, that way. It was just as hard. I mean, it it just it wasn't hard. It just took a long time to sort through. And they thought that they had really good wills, which they did. But I guess that's just how long it takes. Because before his dad died, we all went to the lawyer office. Because we thought, okay, everything's going to go into this trust. We're switching everything to a trust. Right. So then it's all taken care of. But it was uncharted territory. We didn't know he was going to die. And then, it, it, yeah, it was confusing. Yeah. I think that that's people don't think about. It's sort of like what you don't know. We're getting a little maudlin, but we can be there for a minute. Because we'll get on and talk about caretakers that I've had in these houses before. And <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> but it also made me think of. Um, what did you just say? <laughs> I'm so asleep at the wheel. Well, we were talking about the uncharted territory. Oh, yes. I was going to say, you know, when I was 30, my mom was killed in a car wreck. So, and my dad was in the same wreck and he was basically in a coma. So my brother and sister and I had to, you know... Do the the funeral set up and the caskets and picking them out and yeah, yeah, and it was just so weird. Let's talk about not prepared, and you just don't. It's uncharted. You don't know what you're doing. Yes. And then it's also bizarre. And then when you go in a, God help me, when you go in one of those homes, the more <laughs> funeral homes, I know. Well, that's how. And they talk like this. Yeah. Well, and then there's and the casket. So you want to just go like, no, dude, talk normal. Just like, sorry for your loss, and let's roll. Let's not. Most people, I, that's the thing, is we, we kind of were prepared that my mom was terminally ill, so we kind of knew. Even for that, it was really weird going in there and doing that. And those people are that way. Well, I it's a mind trick, too, because they're like, okay, here, or a casket, whichever road you're going down, that's $5,000, and then there's $30,000. And in your head, you're like, well, I loved this person. They deserve the $30,000 one. That's what they're banking on. But then, but then you're like, this, who cares? I, I, but that's what they're, they're banking on, you know? So that we had the same thing. I mean, that's actually something that made us sort of laugh as a group because it was that's, basically you can we buy a, a Toyota or you, or, or you can buy a Jaguar. You know, which do you want? How much did you love this that person? You'll, that you'll never drive. You'll just put it in the ground. I know. And then the I, and then fire. that whole thing is, you know, my dad's old school and he's, you know, these guys have already bought plots, do you know? Yeah. And this it made me start thinking about what am I doing? Do I have any of this? No. <laughs> do I have any of this going? Do I have any of this like taken care of? But that generation does. And Normie, my grandma... She has two plots, and she's still in a conundrum about it because her, her first husband passed away of cancer. So she has a plot next to him. She remarried, <laughs> and she has a plot next to her, which I call my grandpa because he was the only one I knew. And she's like, well, what do I do? Half and half. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. But she's old school Catholic, so she's not gonna be cremated i mean that's not no and my generation. dad's not catholic but he's you know i said what at one point this is a couple of years ago because we were talking about it and i was said you know i definitely want to be cremated and he said oh no no i've got my plot and i want to be married buried next to mick that's my mom right and i just feel you know for me it conjures up like all these boxes below the ground 
with, I don't know, the, the ashes to ashes thing is much more real to me. But even then, you can do the cremations and then it's, okay, now do you want the box wood box? Or do you want the $15,000 urn, not urn, urn that you can show off to your friends? <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, I don't want either. Just hand me something and then you, you take it to a favorite place. But you feel like a dick if you don't yeah, if you aren't do the best. Yeah. That person doesn't know they're dead. Right. Well, but they, yeah. people think they're looking down on you and they are going, oh, go for the urine. But I keep saying yearn. What? Earth, I Earth. I know I've been I've had too many texts. <laughs> text too much. But honestly, it does feel like that because I when Corey's dad died, we were all kind of giggly in there because it, it it's morbid and sad and all of those things. But it's also uncomfortable when you're picking up the prayer card and the urn and the. It's so uncomfortable and weird. But the whole thing is weird. It's I, I, for me, I guess. I don't know if there's. You know me, I think there's many, many lives that you live. But it seems like a funeral pyre. It seems like cremation, ashes to ashes. That's it. You know, and then if someone thinks about you, they think about you sort of that you ascended, you know, somehow or something. But you can't tell people what to believe. And you're right. I think it is more old school. Or maybe it's religion bound somehow. Yeah. But I don't know religions that say you must be buried like that. Do you? And also, did you know what I found out? Remember when you told me that your stepdad's maid was buried in their backyard? Right. And I said, oh, that's totally illegal. Well, your stepdad's... Lola, the maid, she was actually... She was the maid... Maid, it sounds so weird and old Housekeeper. She was the... She lived in... My dad's... My stepdad's parents, she lived in their house for as long as I can remember. She didn't have family. When she died, she was buried in the backyard. Well, It's like Elvis. Elvis was buried in the backyard, too. Yes. So (laughs) we had a funeral for her when I was a kid in the backyard of the quote-unquote grandparents' house. Later on, my mom's grandparents die. My mom and dad are going to move into this house. So it was always a big ongoing joke with my sisters and I. Lola's buried in the backyard. Right, and I told Kelly that's impossible. That's illegal. You can't do that. She's not really buried there. Blah 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 and blah. I was blah. like, I was at the funeral because Kirsty was convinced. She's like, No, you may have had like a some service, but you've got this wrong. So then, about a year ago, when I started <laughs> investigating death, <laughs> date coincident with COVID, I I found out that it's not illegal to bury people in your backyard. No, and it wasn't her. It's not like she, there was a casket. I think it was an urn. No, like I was, know, but you can also just bury someone in your backyard. It's not against the law. Everyone thinks it's against the law. It isn't against the law. Maybe when you go into the funeral homes, they say, "Well, you know, you've got to you've got to buy this cemetery plot for." 50 grand or whatever, 10 or whatever, <laughs> which is crazy. But but then I was always taught that you couldn't bury someone in your yard. You can't. We could Google it right now. I didn't know that. No. Bury me in our backyard. Here, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Save some cash. When I think of this, this is a we- it's a weird thing. But here's what we all need to do. We just need to decide. Here's the urn, kids. Here's what you're going to do. So you don't have to have the creepy feeling of not spending the thirty grand or getting the cheapest one if you already have it planned ahead. I think I agree. If you have it 
if you have it provisional and you have it all done, they don't even have to walk in anywhere. All they have to, all they, you know, you have it in your will, you've got the deal and you, they cremate you and then they give you some kind of box. With my kids, I'd go like, here's a box of ashes, go put them wherever I think is the fanciest place that I could throw them. Right. And that would be it. But, I, and I, I, but I've been saying this for two years, ever since Corey's dad passed away. I was like, I'm going to think ahead here. But have I done it? No, because I'm like, oh, so tomorrow I'm going to plan my funeral. Children, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna pass on Googling. Can I bury my wife in my backyard? That may <laughs> throw up some <laughs> red. Oh yeah, flags. If that ever came up later. <laughs> oh, oh. where's Kelly? I haven't seen her for three days. I, this is weird. Oh, will check the backyard. Oh, there's some freshly turned dirt there. <laughs> and oh, Corey's been. Yeah, I would Googling. just. I would encourage the kids to talk to their parents. I know it's a tough situation that you have to do, but having lived through it twice, it's just tough not to uh, have everything planned out because when, it's a fog for a long time that you're in that that you just have them pick everything out prior to it and then just right. go from there. Right, I and also just have like I think my will says everything splits evenly between my daughter and my son. The end. Looks like you're out, Kelly. And <laughs> <laughs> the end. But I think, no, okay, is that too simple? Me. And then when I sit down to do it, they want to send like a planner out to, you know, my attorney wants, they've got to send a planner out. I go, can't you just send me a form and I fill it all out? Because, but I want to make it simple. The, the one thing that COVID has taught me is. To you know, my dad lived a great and simple life, and he's still living a great and simple life. And there's something really to be said about that because if you, you know, I saw this, you know, I, I had a house in Maine for years and years and years like 30 years. And I would see here's one generation, and they're the guys that they're the rich people that bought the cottages, which are huge, like 8,000 square feet cottages. Like Sister Parish. Yeah, the, Sister Parish and all, uh, and Owsley and all these people. They're the rich ones that bought all these big-ass places, right? And they had money and they had this lifestyle. Then when they pass away, it goes to their children. Now, here comes the first problem because let's say you have three or four children. Mm -hmm. Now, do the children sell it and split the money but you always have the kid that's like, well, I want to live there. Yeah. I don't want to ever sell it because I'm so attached to it. And then then the others say, well, do you want to buy us out? And they're like, well, no, I'm poor. I can't buy you out. So then you have these. <laughs> it just, and then when it goes from them, let's say there's only two kids. And then it goes down to the grandkids. Now we go to the grandkids. And maybe there's eight grandkids. Yeah. And... There's something to be said about simplicity of what you would leave someone also. Oh, for sure. So I've been thinking I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about it's not something that you want to think about, but you really should. Otherwise you're leaving people a mess. You should. But again, tomorrow okay, tomorrow we're planning the funerals and what we're giving. It just doesn't happen really. Well, I know, but I think it could if you did it in a way it was just more analytical, you know? If you yeah. could just get in a space where it's more analytical and say this is what's going to go down and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and then with me, I worry because I, I'm, I know this all sounds very maudlin, but I do think we need to confront these things. You, you know, I travel so much. 
So it's easy to say for, let's say I lived in Wichita, Kansas, mm -hmm. exclusively. Well, I would go to some mortuary place and go, yo, hi, how are you? Let's plan this out. This is what I would want, blah, 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 and hope that they wouldn't be talking like this with velvet curtains. So anyway, so I would go. They even do that when you get your dog cremated, by the way. But anyway, so I would like to work that out with them because I don't. there's no reason why your children or anyone should have to go shopping for you for what you're, what you're going to wear or what you're going to. It's just like I want to just keep it simple, and the most simple thing to me is like, Yes, take me, cremate me. I'll wait 24 hours to make sure I'm really dead. That's my only request. Okay. I don't want to accidentally be cremated when maybe I was just in a coma. <laughs> that it? happens, though. I know. I think it happened recently. I feel like I read something like there was... A guy in India woke up after like 12 hours in yeah, the morgue. Yeah, something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, but do you know that like in the olden days, let's say the 1700s, 1800s, but way before then too, there it wasn't like there weren't quite a few people buried alive. Oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because they didn't have the, they didn't have the equipment to detect. The flat line? <laughs> well, to detect the right just above the flat line or I don't know, but there were. There have been many cases, so we don't want that. No. I also think, I see people's religions, people's religions really come into play here with what you do when you pass away. And then that becomes a private thing because I think there's some religions that don't believe in cremation. And there's, I think if you're Catholic, you aren't cremated. I think they've kind of switched that a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Well, I in think my grandma's, I, like, I feel old like... Old school Catholics are no. Because I think my dad, dad, like, checked cremated. on it. Yeah, and if I think he Catholic. he would have gone by the rules, I'm gonna I guess. I'm going to Google. Yes, that's a good idea. Google. Because the other thing is that I don't like, and this is just my personal preference. You know, I'm going to go stand at a grave where someone's buried. I mean, I believe when you leave your body, you leave. Like, it would be like burying your car with no one in it. Because the spirit is gone. Right. I don't think the spirit hangs out at the graveyard. The Who would want to hang out in a box buried 10 feet under? Right. Here's the latest. The Vatican announced Catholics may be cremated now, but they should not have their ashes scattered at sea or kept in urns at home. Yeah. What the, would we do with them then? You have to put them in, like my dad, He he's next to my mom. In you have a to plot. bury them. Yeah. Okay, but these rules seem arbitrary to me. And well, here's another yeah, thing yeah. that I didn't know until Corey's dad passed away. The urn you pick has to be... Fireproof. Yeah, it has to be something like... Like rated to where it, it's like indestructible. Yeah, it can't be. It has to be like... Okay, no, that's insane too. That's just money. That has to be just money. It can't be rated that... I mean, you know, you could say, do you want a pine box? You can't do that, though, because I can't... Seep. Seep. Right, but I think that's just... I, I don't think that has anything to do with disease or anything. I think that has to do with money, money, money. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. But I think that these kind of things are the things that might be very important to the individual. So that's why I think we need to make provisions and plans. Like, it's important to me that I'm not on the third floor. We said that a few days ago. Yeah, I don't want to be on the third floor being drugged down the stairs like, oh my God, she's so fucking fat. <laughs> why didn't she die on the first floor? I mean, I, I'm just going to do someone the favor. 
fat or skinny, <laughs> I'm going to be on the first floor. Yeah, you're easy to get out. Yeah. I just want to be able to. <laughs> I don't want my children to also have the hideous memory of, oh, man, your mom was really hard to get down those stairs. We just ended up throwing her down. <laughs> it's like Gilbert Grape, remember? I do. I just made the house a pyre, funeral pyre, which was smart. Couldn't get their mother out. I mean, I hope that's not my plight, but I, 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 those kind of things freak me out, and I don't think those are decisions I want my children to make, so I'm going to make an actual plan. That's going to be what I'm... And now is not a bad time to do it. Maybe do it before 2021. Yeah, why? Are you saying because I'm going to croak? Yeah, what do you, what do you plan? <laughs> what is, no, because I feel like <laughs> 2020, you know, the cliche, our world's crazy right now. We might as well stick the funeral plan in that year. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And we have to realize that the funeral plan, it's like if you bought a generator for your house. It's not, you're not planning on your house being torn apart by a hurricane, but the fact is that the hurricanes will happen at some time and you will lose power. So I'm going to look at me like that. Right. At some time, I'm going to lose power. Right. Also, even if you just lose power and you have to be put, like we were talking about, in a place where you can have a lot of medical help, mm-hmm. then you're, that's, in essence, losing power. So you might as well add that into there, too. Yeah. You know, when my dad went into this assisted living place, you know, they fill out these forms. And one of the things is, do you, you know, what is it called? Do not resuscitate or whatever it is. Yeah. I'd have to be real careful (laughs) about. (laughs) I I understand that side. Like, don't. But I also understand like, yo, wait, hold up. Yeah, I'm not quite ready yet, people. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you I might have to put maybe on that one. (laughs) Depending. Because what if your kids are just like murderers, too? We've seen a lot of 2020 and... Dateline. Dateline on where your kids are just murderers and they're just waiting for you to have to resuscitate. In fact, they're giving you little shots (laughs) so that your body shuts down. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. No, you're good. I can't feel anything. I can't feel my limbs. That's fine. That's normal. Totally cool. You're good. Mm -hmm. But why is that pillow coming over my... uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I tell my friends, you don't know what's going to happen with old people or divorces. Yeah. You know, people can say, oh, no, if we ever got a divorce, I love him so much. I, I would always love him and we would just do the right thing for our kids. Right. Find him in bed with somebody and you're going to fucking blow <laughs> his brains out <laughs> or you're going to take him to the cleaners one or the other. <laughs> Oh, well. Anyway, so we now we know that we need to make plans just for future plans, just to make it easy on our children, right? Yeah, analytical. You got to think of it analytically. Think of it analytically. And also, like you guys are saying, I think you have to ask the questions. Let's say a person had $500,000 in the bank and owned a $200,000 house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to ask these attorneys the question so if I died tomorrow and it's left, is it, does it have to go into probate? Does this have to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Because they have to find out if you don't owe people anything, right? Yeah, you have a certain a, a period of time that that has to go through that uh, all your the collectors can come for you. Our lawyer yeah. 
when Corey's parents passed away, this was so weird too. Because basically, there's a reason why they put everything, they switched, before anybody died, they switched everything over to be in the trust because then you don't have to pay certain things. I don't know. I can't even remember. I think you don't have to pay inheritance tax. Yeah, maybe. something. Maybe. So they switched everything over to be in the trust so we, it was organized, quote unquote. Right when his dad passed away, which was unexpected. Yeah, that was sad. The lawyer says, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you guys to do. You need to go get 20 grand out of the bank. <laughs> and we were From like, the dad's account? Yes, because it, everything's going to freeze in a few days, and you're going to want some cash in order to pay any bills he has. Oh. Flash cash. He said the banks won't recognize that he's dead for at yeah, least for three a, or four well, days. Three or four days, so go now. <laughs> so they were all like... We felt like we were. We felt like Robbers. we were doing something wrong. Yeah, I had to go. I so like I went robber. to one. You sent her. Yeah, they sent me, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I got this." Because I was thinking, "Oh my God, they're so sick." You know, like, how I, do you get twenty grand out when someone's passed away? It wasn't easy. Oh, I went to three banks. And what did you say? Well, you don't, because that's what they were saying. Well, what are you going to say? You need twenty grand for? I go, the banker. Why do I have to tell the banker what I need twenty grand? Yeah, but for? you're taking it out of someone else's account. Yes, but they wrote me, here's how it happened. Corey had power of attorney, so he could sign his dad's checks. Okay. That was also organized prior. Okay, that, I get it. So he wrote me a check for 20 grand. Right. But two banks were like, no. No. The third (laughs) bank... It's like, yeah. Yeah, but they, but here's how crazy. Did you say his dad has passed away? No, no, no. No, no, you can't say that. You can't say that because they they, will freeze. They would automatically freeze. So I was like, I felt like a total criminal because I was, I got denied at two banks, which felt scary. Yeah, it's like the cops are going to come right now. And I was like, no, you guys, I got, they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. We're going to the next bank. So I went to the next bank and they're like, okay, let me get my manager because getting $20,000 out of the bank. It's not easy if a guy's alive. And sometimes no, right. Bank, you're they, you're right. And, and and most banks have a cap on how much you can get out of that branch or something. Like five grand or ten without reporting it. Yeah, or something you're supposed like that. to call ahead or something crazy. But they walked. They they took me into uh, this back room because they don't want any other patrons at the bank to see you're getting out. Of that. And then they walked me to the car. It was so. Well, weird. that's sort of crazy. It's not him. like twenty grand is like. Yeah, and then they said two million dollars. No, but that's what it felt like, and it felt like you were doing something wrong. And then did you speed off? Yeah, no. no, What I read right home. She's like, guys, I got it. I did, but but and I remember his cousin telling me because she was like, "You're gonna feel so weird doing like they make you kind of feel like you're doing something wrong, like a criminal." I. I'm going to put in mine. But so I'm going to have anyway, a secret place safe. Yes, yeah, so that's ahead. what I was yeah. going to tell you. So in mm-hmm. your safe, put 20 grand or however much I'm going to find a secret need. safe that isn't in my house. Yeah. And I'm going to tell them where it is. <laughs> and then they can open that up and they can yeah, have that. Because don't. you're right. Because having cash like that on hand to it was, pay for a funeral or pay for that's what we did. the bills yeah. and you don't know what their bills are that's what i want to get my things i want mine down to i owe no one anything yeah and i basically have proof do fake people come after you oh everybody comes oh, after everyone. you no but like who give me an example like who's like real, estate? real estate people are the worst they'll send you they'll call i probably when my dad's 
the other thing the lawyer said not to do was post anything on social media until you've got everything ready because well, you know the, I'm out there. The banks, right? the right. banks have people, and everybody has people that watch everybody's social media, and if they have like these keywords, like whatever, dead, he's dead, or whatever, Passed, and it'll yeah. send a flag up, and then the everything. As soon as somebody to the realtors, to everything, everything. And as soon as somebody got, posted something, more. I think my little sister posted something on Facebook, and it was like forty-five minutes after that, everything was frozen. Okay, but let me. Okay, so who's freezing it? The banks froze everything that they like all of his accounts, so nobody could go in there. Okay, and do so anything. that's legal for banks to freeze. Mm-hmm. Yes, until because once they there's a certain period of time that they have to make sure that. No debts or owed. No liens. There's nothing. No liens. No debts. Anything like that. But my question is, do people make false claims? Oh yes. There's all sorts of people that said that he owed money, and then you have to research because there was one company from like North Carolina that sent us this check or this. It looked like a bill, right? That said he owed it for like from like four and a half years ago. And it was like six hundred dollars. It was totally fake. It's totally fake. And then we had to research pretty much everything. So that then you have to happened. pay a, an attorney eight hundred dollars an hour mm-hmm. to prove that the six hundred dollar thing is. Well, fake. yeah. I mean, it, he was just like, "Don't worry about stuff like that. Just pay the ones that you think are real, and then the ones that are fake will just disappear. And then if they don't disappear, we'll research them, and then all of them." But the crazy thing about it was, was all of the because my dad had a bunch of real estate, and so. Once his name hit whatever the obituary a database, the obituary, my, I probably got 400 calls in three or four days from real estate people wanting to buy all the property. I'll pay you cash. I'll do this. I'll do this. Hey, do you still have this property on whatever street? I'll it pay you cash. Oh, God. The- I have that right now, and I've never had that before. I have people calling, yeah. and they'll, they'll say something like this. Um, is this Crystal Allen? <laughs> and I'll go, what? First of all, how did they get my number? But that's beside the point. I go, who is this? Well, I represent a um, an investment group. We're interested. Do you have any interest in selling your house on blah 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 blah? Right. right? And it's or or they'll talk about a different state or whatever. Yeah. Saying. And I'll go, what? Well, make me an offer. Well, I'm not. I don't have the ability because I'm on behalf. Why are these people coming? They don't even. I have no idea. I don't even know. Are they going to rob you? What are they doing? I don't uh, know what they're doing. And I go, first of all, this isn't even, I always say this, this isn't her number. She doesn't live here, and I work for her. So don't call this number again. But they've, they've started coming out of the woodwork. And at first I thought, oh, these are real estate investors, and, you know, you know, I have a couple of houses on the market, and I was like, okay, let's yeah. hear them out. But the guy calling you, I don't even know how these things work. I don't either. Not sure either. But it sounds like the creepy shade ball. Okay, so note taken. I'm going to I'm really going to write that down because you do need to have cash somewhere. But yeah. can I tell that you was also the best you, thing that we learned that out of the, the whole experience. Yeah. It, well, and, and <laughs> can now, I tell you a secret about cash though? Yeah. This is important. Okay. When 9/11 hit, I immediately went to the bank and took out a really huge amount of cash. Okay. And it took me three days to get it, and I got it, and I had it in this enormous safe that I that had been built with my house somehow. It was like those kind of safes that you see in movies, right? Like at the bank safe. Like a bank vault. It was yeah, like a vault. vault. Yeah. So I put my money in there, and I just want to say this. 
you have to put dehumidifier pads in there because uh, your money I had to go trade my money in because it was mildew. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So if you're gonna take cash out, yeah. You wanna make sure that you you check on it. Yeah. Also and 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 I had Sarah who works for me, I said, you know, <clears throat> If this COVID thing gets crazy, you know when the COVID thing first hit, you know I went to my, I went to my nephews and got, um, you know, like shotguns, right, and a lot of ammo, and then I took cash out, <laughs> right, and I thought you were coming for. I knew people were going to riot. I just didn't know where. You know, I knew they were going to loot and riot, and I thought if you're looting and rioting my house, then I'm killing you. I didn't have. I, I know that would be hard because I've never harmed anyone, but I was at but the you ready. You had your gun. You had your ammo. You had your cash. I. You know, <laughs> Devin said, "How many rounds do you want?" And I was like, "What do you got, know, like, bud?" <laughs> I said, "How many do you suggest?" He goes, "Well, what do you feel comfortable with?" I go, "Like, I don't know, five hundred rounds." I. I feel like <laughs> that. That's a lot. Well, I mean, look, if people were coming in your house like zombies or something. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, you know, you're protecting yourself, your life. I wish we were there for the podcast with that discussion. <laughs> How many rounds do you want? 500. I know, and I had two shotguns. I didn't want one. I wanted one upstairs and wanted one downstairs, and I wanted, and I wanted them loaded. I don't have kids that live in my house, so I wanted them loaded. So, you know, I had all that, but, and then I, I got some cash, and I put it in a... <laughs> I put it in a place that people wouldn't expect a safe to be. And I um, I knew that that money could melt you. <laughs> You're going to have to be. So you, and so I said to Sarah, who works for me, I said, Sarah, I want you to Google how you keep cash from mildewing. And so there's these actual pad things that you put in with it so it doesn't. So I'm just trying to help you guys out in case you're going <laughs> to. Have a non-disclosed location. When you're planning your thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're the kind, and Corey's dad was a little like this, you need maps. Like, I stuck $500 in this book on this shelf. Or I had... Yeah, and put that in a safe, de safe deposit box. Yeah, like... Yeah, don't, you don't want the safe deposit box, though, because that's another... You got to go in a bank. Yeah. You but I was... I, it was weird because, like, my dad knew he was going to die. Like, s probably six months before he died, he got my name on this s safe deposit box. Did you know he was doing that? No. See, he told me after. He's like, hey, I got your name. This is where it's at. This is what you do. This well, is that's probably good, and too. And here's the key. Yeah, but your money, can't your money mildew in there, too? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Check it out. I'm just saying, I feel like this is... Instead of, like, I'm not a person who's going to put cash in books or really a drawer or something like that. But I think that you have someone, a trusted someone, who knows the combo of your safe in an undisclosed arena. Right. And then, if you move, you can't be so old and see now that you forget. That, that was what my mom did. She my, did? She put $1,500 or $2,000 in cash in this, what she thought was a bookshelf. We did not find that until about six and a half, five and a half years later after she died. We found the money. It was after my dad died. Everybody knew that she had put it somewhere. And my mom, my mom swore that the housekeeper stole it. Oh, and God, she just yeah. forgot where it was. And it was in the bookshelf. It was just in these games. 
See, I'm, in game. And you could have easily just had, you know, an estate sale and every someone just correct. got. But that's what happened with that's Corey's family. We had to go through every book, every <laughs> suit pocket, every because we found, I think, $500 in like the guest bathroom bottom drawer. I mean, there I mean, was money in My places. dad had a lot of cash. He was he hated credit cards. He hated he didn't even have anything. He had a debit card. Uh uh-uh. uh. He was a cash guy. And yeah. so he'd have it just Except around. for he didn't like fifty dollar bills were bad luck. Yeah. He'd always got rid of them. You can't have fifty dollar bills. Couldn't even bring ever. one in the house. And now my husband Corey has <laughs> my husband Corey has got, gotten on to that. Like we'll be at the casino or something. He's like, I gotta get rid of this fifty. I got it I'm like <laughs> Are you serious? You can't never have Well you've taken on your dad. I have. I'm him. Yeah. Oh, do you like that commercial that I love? Yeah, I do. What is it, Geico? It's a Geico commercial. Yeah, the where they're all sitting around and they end up being their dad. Yeah, but you know, you actually look like the way younger version of the guy who's their counselor. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that guy. You're not the first person that's told me. (laughs) And when he, I don't know why it makes me laugh the most is right at the end when he says, "You don't know him." (laughs) I don't know. We'll play that commercial for for the. I'll I'll uh, inject that commercial in so people know what they're talking about here. Oh, do because that's my favorite. My that one, and then there's something Nasteldra or whatever these. I don't know these drug names. That the guy sort of looks like a bookworm, but he's like this badass dancer. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. We'll find. Uh, I don't think stro- I've seen that one either. Oh yeah, she goes. You know, my husband. Whatever he took it, it sort of put it in new light in his fire. He's got a suit on, but he's like a really groovy dancer. I'm obsessed with him. I have a huge crush on him. I have to find the drug. I don't. I need to find. I'll, I'll find it. Do very many drugs, but okay. So, okay. So we've made the note that we're going to have cash somewhere that our kids know about. But then, if you have kids, like if you're listening and you have a kid that's like a drug addict or don't have cash, don't have cash, and definitely don't give them the combo. Or if you have a crim, there's a lot of criminals out there. Yeah. And as we've learned from Dateline Forensic Files in 2020, I mean, a lot of times on those shows, not in real life probably, but the kid is the murderer. And they murder for cash. We, we watched one last night, a Dateline last night, and this uh, FBI guy or whoever said 97 or 98% of all spousal murders are the other one. That's a lot. Like the husband or the wife. Right. 98, co- yes. 98%. And probably the other 2% are their children Somebody who kill connected. them for money. Right. But when I watch these Dateline, because Corey, that's what Corey, we uh, we watch separate TV most of the time. He won't watch my shows. I won't watch his. But then we come together and we'll watch a Dateline or something. Yeah. And then I'm like, it's a po- I mean, this wife didn't think that her husband was going to kill her. Is it? Po- Could you ever kill me? Would you ever? I mean, is it somewhere? Like, no. I get the fear of like... Well, that wife didn't think her husband was going to kill her. Could you kill? Yeah. Like, who's the one that I'm obsessed with? That Chris Watts? Oh, me too. Oh, my, I can't get a, I can cry at a drop of a hat when I see anything about Chris Watts killing his wife and his two little girls. I know, but. And you have to say, what? How did this happen? How did this. Where does it get to the point where he smothers his two little kids and puts them in an oil barrel? It's in- well, that's what I mean. It's like, and how do your your wife's coming home that night? I mean, I get, I guess I get this because I was a colossal flirt. So yeah, I get. 
that they're having marital troubles, so he's a colossal flirt. And I even get if a guy or a woman has an affair. It's not all right. There's nothing okay about it. It's a marriage destroyer. But, but what I don't get is, okay, so I'm way over here with Hottie McCotster and just banging her all day and all night, and I don't want to be married anymore. What happened to get a divorce? I know. what What... Yeah, I don't that's know. The, every time I watch one of those shows. His is like, the worst. That is that is the worst thing. One of the worst things I've ever. It's right up there with the woman who drove her car in and drowned all of her children. That was crazy. Too. I know, but if you have those people, and they're always on these psych drugs, I got to say, I think Chris Watts was too. I think when they snap, they snap in this colossal way. That it's another subject matter that we'll do a podcast on, but you do have to. You know, you do have to look at something like that and go, you're right. No one thought, you know, it's like Scott Peterson. Did did Lacey Peterson think he was going to kill her? No, but that's what I mean. That's why I always tell Well, that's Corey. why it's scary and horrible, well, and that's right? that's why I always interview Corey. I'm like, is it possible that you could kill me? Like, anywhere. That's <laughs> why everyone in this country should have a shotgun. You need to protect yourself, even from your own spouse. <laughs> you never know. Don't give when her it... any ideas, or don't give her any of your five hundred rounds. <laughs> I'm like, could you? She be only mad needs. At, she only needs three. Enough? You're could done. Could you be mad enough at me that you would kill me? You need to tell me now. I feel this is what I feel. I, this is what my dad used to always say. It's sort of crazy, but I sort of get it. He said he could understand a person. A crime of passion where you walked in on your spouse in bed with someone, where you killed them. Okay. Because that's not premeditated. It's like this gut-wrenching... It's you snap. You snap. But what he said... But the reason he's like so anti-anti-infidelity is that's all premeditated. Always. And you can do something about it. And you can not do it. And you can't, you know? So when you look at the premeditation of the things... Mm -hmm. Like the Chris Watts thing. That's totally premeditated. Well, and he even said, I already knew I was going to kill her. I know. Why doesn't he just... When I want to say to people like that is blow your own fucking head off. If you get that freaking crazy uh, where you're going to kill your wife and your kids and divorce isn't isn't an answer, put a gun to your head and blow your own head off. Don't don't mess with the kids. My God. I I can't. I, I... that one's hard. I know I can't ever get over that one. That one makes me cry every, even when I just think about it. But it used to the one before that was the woman who, oh God, what was the one who drove her kids yeah, in yeah. the? Those kind of things where the kids are involved are un. I can't wrap. I can't. I can't wrap myself around it either. Anyway, what were we talking? About? I know. Th- now that we've covered death. To the nth We started with caretaking, which we're going to do a podcast on caretaking. I guess it's not this one because <laughs> we always, there's always a subject matter somehow, and then it goes into some other corner of the universe. But I also feel like I really learned something for myself, which was I didn't know about the cash thing. So my kids, let me ask you this. If you have wills and you have all these things and you have, then are the are the are the attorneys finished? No. Mm-mm. Or then they're going to rack up more bills because of bloody blah. Still paying. You still pay. 
You 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 could have the most airtight will of what you think. His, Something always Aunt comes. Has had an airtight will. We had a meeting when his dad was alive. We're gonna do it this way. Here's gonna be the executor. We're gonna have this signature on this. Like it was organized. So what happened? What arose that you would need an attorney for? I don't know. Anything it was in jarring. Particular. I, I can tell you this because they were probably all in. More but give of me a one example of what one you. One example is okay. Your dad just dies unexpectedly. We're like, okay, we need to call the lawyer because we don't know what we're doing here. What do we do? You know, you're frozen a little bit. Yeah. See, we didn't do that when my mom died. We didn't call lawyers. So that's why I'm trying to get the idea here. Okay, first thing you need to do is get cash. You need to go to the bank because they're going to put. They're going to freeze everything. You need to go to the bank and get cash. It felt. Did you have to pay him a thousand dollars to tell you that? No. Okay, no. good. So ne- then go. So then it felt like, oh, panic. We got to get this cat. It was like a criminal operation. Right. Like. And I was like, I got this. I'll go do the cash thing. <laughs> right. So what are the things emerged that you didn't know about or that you didn't expect? I didn't know you that had That would to, need an attorney. I didn't know you had to. Well, they file all the paperwork and stuff like that for you. So you don't have to, for the real estate to go into the trust and stuff, you have to have a lawyer do the, all that stuff for you. The best thing that happened is we had a lawyer to call. But can't a can't a relic can't one of you guys be? Is it called ad litem? Can't one of you be that where you do know. that or no? I did, I don't know. Clearly, uh, I need to do some research. I no. maybe I guess. Okay, I, so I'm just trying to see. Well, then here's what, and then it was like, okay, that was the best part is we had a lawyer. to the call. The best part was we had a lawyer to call, <laughs> and he's like, "Here's what you do." He, uh, he was our guider through he's the whole our thing. Sherpa. But yes. but also, we're like, okay, what? It even got down to little things like how many credit cards does this person have? We don't know. Yeah, but okay, so if I had something like I have a person who works for me, Sarah, who will call people who work for me also and ask, did you spend, you know, this didn't balance out. Did you spend some money at Target, like $2.55? Oh, Sarah will be like, I, your receipt's off a penny. I need to feed. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, so that's a good person that's to have person in my life. Have. She knows every credit card, every everything. She's got, uh, she has the proof of everything. And then I have an accountant, but that would be more taxes or things like that. Because she's more of like the bookkeeper. She's the keeper of the crypt for sure. I mean, that girl. Yeah. She's the person. And I make fun of her because of the penny. Like Everybody makes fun of her. But I think, and sometimes she'll go, like no, that what you didn't spend one hundred and eighty dollars on that. You spent one hundred and eighty six, and I'm like, shut the fu- what the who? <laughs> okay, I spent one hundred and eighty six. Who that's cares? A, that's a good one to have on your but side. She, but exactly. Yeah, and she, and she's itemized. She's like, so and so caretaker. It looks like there's a water on here. Was that for you or was that for? <laughs> if that was for Kirsty, it's fine. But if that water was for you, no. I'm gonna need to subtract that. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I mean? But And I used to think, oh, my God, this is like penny-pinching. But I think, no, because I've learned this, and this can be a podcast for sure. I've learned that when people work for you, you can't always trust them. No. And I think you can ever really trust them. Well, I've learned it with family, and I've learned it with, let's say, far-off family, extended family. I've learned it with friends. I've learned it with... I've just learned that. I want to say learnt, but I don't think that's a word. But the Brits say learnt. I've learnt that. Learnt. <laughs> learnt. I've, I've yeah. learnt that. And I, w- I have learnt that 
it, you need someone like a Sarah there because she would have caught a lot of the things that I didn't catch, and she catches a lot of the things that a that a an you, accountant doesn't even catch. Right, but you caught you caught well in my lifetime working for you, the things that you caught were sort of by accident. Right. Like. Right. I had one. Here's one thing. That, with the. No, we can't say their name. No, we won't. But the <laughs> store when they're like. Yeah. They called me a clothing store that I don't frequent. And um, they said, uh, oh, I got a bill from there. And it was, I think it was $7,000. And I was like, $7,000. I started laughing. Um and at the time, my accountant then said, did you spend $7,000 in this store? And I went, no, but I did buy a pair of boots there, and they were expensive. They were probably 700 So I called the store, and I said, I was laughing, and I said, I think you've got a decimal point off here. I said, I've only shopped in your store once, and I bought a pair of boots, and I think they were around 700 but this is 7000 And they said, oh, no, 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 that's not for you. That's for your cute little blah-de-blah. Your um, assistant. Let's call it assistant. Your assistant who comes in here all the time. And um, I was like, and they go, but, you know, obviously you, you know about that. And I go, yeah, 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 sure. I know about that. I'm going to fucking kill this person. I know, but I didn't oh, know anything God. about it. Right. And that was just one of many. So I learned then that that's just unreal to me. It's, you know, I look at, I know everything I buy. And I have Sarah behind me that will say, um, you know, when I'm traveling, did you just go into the 7-Eleven and spend $8.55 in Little Rock, Arkansas? Yeah. I go like, yes or no, but whatever. Yeah. But I didn't have that then. So I just trusted. But then, I mean, imagine the bravery or audacity or stupidity to charge $7,000 worth of clothes. That's a lot. That's not like petty theft. When that story was prior to me working for you, but when I worked for you, mm-hmm. there was another case of fraud, if you will. Big bill and coming it was, in. It was, here was the excuse. I thought it was my credit, my, my credit card looks like yours. Right. But again, the numbers, wasn't that... Four or five thousand dollars. Okay, so someone that you spent? No, no, no. Somebody else who was working for me. But it was. I got confused. But I had a bookkeeper at one time. This was a real smart move that I made. And how long ago did I make that move? Twelve years ago. That you got in-house. I got. You know what I'm going to do? Instead of having my accountant and they have a bookkeeper, I'm going to have an in-house bookkeeper. And it will cost me less, actually. And they will be on it. That is their job to look at every dime spent, basically. And that was really smart because the other one, too, got caught. Yeah. Uh, that brought to their attention because they knew that I hadn't gone on a cruise, A. And B, I'm, when I'm used to having someone call me and say, did you spend $25? They're certainly going to call me and say, did you spend five grand? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So... But they were both, all the instances that I know of were pretty caught on ac- by accident. Those were caught by accident. If someone hadn't called me and said that, my accountant at that time would maybe have thought it was just normal that I had, you know, I'm an actress. We do PR gigs. Sometimes we'll go on a, um, 
like a press tour, a where press you tour, would and sometimes I'll front the money that a, that a film company will reimburse me for. Right. So that that wouldn't have been unusual, but it also makes me wonder what other ones weren't caught. But I'm sure there's some of those. Anyway, I think that something I've learned here today is that when you're caretaking for somebody else, like your parent, you love them, you want the best for them, and you. But as a parent, when I reverse it, I want to simplify things for myself and my kids. I know that at some point when my dad is no longer with us, his whole thing is super simplified. Mm-hmm. And my sister was really good about, you know, she watches the thing and she's really good and she's really fair and it's kept, but he also kept it simple. Yeah. And I think that's important. And my whole life was complicated. Like uh, you have something here, you have something there, you have, so, it's like complicated. Yeah. So I'm going to... Well, I told my mom the same thing. I was like, you know, because it even gets down to, okay, here's your jewelry. What's real? What's fake? Right. When someone's passed on, it feels creepy to even go there because you're like, I don't care. And a lot of my real jewelry has been stolen by people who work for me. So there's that. Right. But 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 it feels (laughs) creepy in a way like, I don't care what her real... Nobody cares about this because we just love, you know, like... Right, you don't care about it, but what you would care about is, let's say your mom had a $50,000 necklace or bracelet. Right. You would care that you didn't put it in a garage sale. Yes. Because, and a lot of times, like I have a huge collection of... Costume. Costume jewelry. Yeah. Yes. You know, I have paste and different things from the 20s and the 30s. I have beautiful costume jewelry. Yeah. And maybe this piece is worth $180. And or this piece is worth three hundred dollars, but it's not like this piece is worth thirty grand or this piece is worth six thousand. You know? Yeah. So I feel like that's another thing I just learned right this second. But is, you have to. It would be easy for you to be like, hey, just FYI, don't sell this in the garage sale because this might be of something. Well, I think it would be even better to have like get if you if you have your real stuff. Get an estimate on, you know, get an appraisal, appraisal and have it all your real stuff in one place. Yeah, and make a list. Because with my real stuff, I didn't used to, like, I remember when I did a movie with Travolta, one of the movies, he gave me, I was always talking about how I love only wearing one earring. Mm-hmm. And it, it, from the time I did my first movie, when I played Savick, I had one ruby. Okay. And the reason I did that is because I was all my whole life I was losing earrings. Uh-huh. So I said I might as well just wear one earring, and then if I lose it, I have the other one, right? Yeah. So at one point, when John and I were doing one of the movies, he gave me a one carat diamond earring, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's missing. My Rolex is missing. My somebody else that works for me knows my expensive shit because that's the stuff they've stolen from me, <laughs> you know. And then I had this beautiful ring that was sapphire and diamond. That's gone. Somebody, but I have to say that the way I handled my jewelry was, I had it in a jewelry box, and it might be like you know, here's a five thousand dollar ring, and here's a. 50 cent ring and here's a $25 ring, you know, just had them in yeah. jewelry boxes like that. Yeah. So that's something I should do is sort out. I think you just, if you can get over the morbidity of it, it's something you need to do to feel better yourself. Yeah. yeah. You could say, I want it. To, I want to feel good myself. I don't want to hand people complications and yeah, I just don't. 
No. I want to hand them, you know, if something is there for them to inherit, here. It's simple. And it doesn't sound like it's simple no matter what you do. So I'm going to figure out, I'm going to talk to attorneys now and go, how do I simplify this? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because I don't know. I never ask any of these questions. I'm just like, yeah, divvy it up. Half to him, half to her. Yeah. And just by now, this year, because this year I decided I'm going to live a more simple life and I'm going to start selling off some things. Uh, it's not as, it's, you think that sounds really easy to sell off things. Imagine when you're dead what has to go through you're at least alive to sign stuff off right yeah. or to figure out oh if i could just put this you know if i could put 50 grand into this i could make 300 grand off of it oh. and and like with Corey's brothers and sisters there's four of them everything has to be signed and notarized and then sent back like it's yeah it's a hassle right yeah we all live in Different, different states. states and so it's like okay i'll go get this notarized and we'll send it back then it blah, blah, yeah blah. and there is that one thing that you're gonna have your kids are very different from each other you're gonna have one kid that's real sentimental and one kid that doesn't care you're yeah. gonna have one kid that would rather have the cash and the other kid would rather have the place yeah so then it boils down you don't want to cause rifts between your children either no that's not the point mm -mm. i mean i think that you know i have been left one thing in my life and that was by my my very distant second cousin Orva, who I probably only saw four times in my life, <laughs> and she, you know, it was it made me cry. It was like last year, I got sent five hundred dollars that she had left in her will for me, and she, she was my I think she was my mother's cousin, right? And I just barely and I started crying. I was like, oh my god, like, to have someone think of you like that, to have someone sit down and put you in their will and think of you and it was really sentimental and it was really yeah that is that's, sweet that's neat and heartwarming and it made me think like oh my god i need to put more people than just my two kids well you already <laughs> told me i could have a piece of furniture you yeah, told me oh, the well, other you're already like, counting on that no yeah. she told me the other, like two or three weeks ago it's been since she's been here she was like just so you know when I I don't know what you would want, maybe, but you could. This is what this is exactly how she said we were driving in the car, and she's like, "But if you if there's something that you would really want of mine, you could have it." Yo, I've really had <laughs> my she, eye on and, that. And I said, "Well, it'll probably be something that makes me think of you, like one of your cool light fixtures, or yeah." But when someone's dead, you might want that cool forty grand bracelet. Do you know? I, I feel like well you, you gave me something you, it was it was it was it was an, it, was an uh, it was if you wanted to have something in mind you could I feel like maybe and there's not like a thousand people in my life but I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea to sort of look at like probably ten people that I would want to have something yeah do you know and I would hope that you know it's always funny because uh, this year I had a very good friend who passed away. And I have to say that I was amazed at how the people that acted the most hurt and dramatic and lost and lo were the people who knew her the least. Yeah. So, and then the people who spent endless time just sort of stayed quiet. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Because you... But then the other people, like their lives were almost destroyed. And it was like, I was like, what are you people talking about? Yeah, you there's grief. Yeah, there's grief chasers that'll follow you around. You, you'll see that all the time. <clears throat> I think the good thing about our whole family was is 
credit to my mom and dad how they raised us is how well everybody's gotten along. Oh yeah, like there's hear, been no riff at all. You hear the, just horror stories of people but I passing could see, away and they just want to kill each other. As a right. wife, I, I could, could see right. how I could it could see go where it could bad. go south really fast. Corey is lucky because his siblings, they all, you know, we'll get on conference calls and talk about, okay, what do you guys think about this? But there hasn't been one riff, and it easily could be. Right, because it can also, let's say you've got four kids, right? Then they each have a spouse. And you can have a gold digger spouse totally. who's like, you know, no. No, I'm telling you, Corey or Cindy Lou or whatever, you go for that. Right. You go for that yeah. money or you go for... That's what I'm saying, the complications that are that arise. So I feel like... I feel like I was raised that way. I feel like my family will be like that when yeah. we don't have my dad. And like we were talking about yesterday, when you went to nursing, I was 10 grand a month. And, and I also wanted to say about that, of course, I could pay for his nursing home. I paid for his care for years. Yeah. But he has his own decisions and he makes his own mind up of what, what he wants to do. Yeah. And so be it. But I... I, I was more speaking about people who were, you know, we become the caretakers of our parents, whether they live in our house or whether we help them, you know, afford a place or whether they afford it and we help them orchestrate it. Yeah. We are the caretakers and rightfully so. When I was grew up, the people lived in their houses until they passed away. Do you know? And it was multi-generational. Like my grandmother was always at my house. Yeah. Ironing, and I, she taught me how to iron pillowcases and things like that. And my other grandmother was a great cook, and I was always there. But I noticed when my uh, when my second when my dad's mom passed away, she had on the bottom of everything names of who it went to, everything. Oh now, ninety five percent of everything she had, she had my name on. And I'm telling you, I wasn't her favorite grandkid. The only thing I can figure out, like here's an example. Two of my, I think they're 26 grandchildren. Two or four of the boys got frozen noodles that she had made that were in her freezer with their names on them. Um, someone might pick up some trinket and it would have someone's name. All the furniture had my name on it. And the only thing I could figure out is when I, as I was growing up and I would go see my grandfather, that was my real passion was my grandfather, but I was always polishing her furniture. I would say, do you mind if I'm going to clean this or I'm going to polish this? And then I'd say, oh, and some, I'm going to dream of, I would dream of, you know, one day when I grow up, I'm going to have a Victrola. <laughs> no, I'm going to have a dining room table like this. Yeah. And I would just polish it and polish. So I guess... She, she thought just, you would take care of it. She thought I would take care of it. And then she left me a bunch of her prize quilts. And she made all of her quilts with her quilting club. And she would make fun of all of the other women because they didn't have good stitches. And when they would leave at night, she would <laughs> rip their stitches out and requilt it. <laughs> but she had these prized handmade quilts. And she left me like five of them. <laughs> I felt crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's 26 grandchildren. And... Even with all those grandkids, they were all they all thought it was funny. They all laughed. Yeah. They were like Well, that's fun. That's good. Well, Kirsty gets all the furniture and the boys get, get noodles. noodles. Yeah. So I, I think that's not a bad idea either. No, it's not. Just go around labeling. 
Well, I, I, I think that you would feel better if you did, and you can always change those labels. Well, it's just like with the, in the car the other week when you said I could have something. Yeah. What she thought, she goes, well, wouldn't you like that, wouldn't you like that painted piano? And I was like, no. What, what she, she was like, why? Like, why wouldn't you want my painted? It's beautiful. Like, it's valuable. Why yes. Are you? <laughs> I'm like, well, I appreciate you giving me, because I know you like your painted piano, but I think I'd pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I'd hope my kids are, you know, nice enough and smart enough to go, well, you take something. And if you said, well, you know, I'll just take this ashtray, they'd be like, no, just frickin' take something good. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can have something if you want. Well, I think somebody, sh I think you should reach out and do that. Yeah. I had someone who passed away once and they didn't reach out to anybody and of course you would have liked to have a memento. Yeah. You know, you'd like to have something to remind maybe even even if it was just something totally stupid. Usually the thing that I would want is something really dumb that reminds me of someone. Yeah, sort of. that's what I think. I, yeah. Cuz I'm not super sentimental about these things. That's how I we went through our whole house and there's some things that at when they had the uh um what, what are they a called? State the sale. State sale. Is we all kind of went through and picked some things, and she picked probably the ugliest thing, but it's what reminded me of or reminded her of my dad. It yeah. was the statue. It's WC Fields. <laughs> <laughs> and he's smoking a big it, stove. It's a, yeah, it, it's, a, it, it's bizarre. It's like having a, it's like taking a painting of the dogs playing poker. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. a print. Exactly. Yes, but there was that. I was like, we can't get rid of this. This just reminds me of your dad. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think it's fun to have a little something sentimental. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right, people. Um, this is totally not what we were going to talk about, but uh, I, I think it was good. At least I hope it was good for you because it, it was good for me to realize what I should be doing and how you have to confront these situations. So I feel happy about it. I think I can have fun doing this. Anyway, thanks for tuning in and... Um, I hope we weren't too maudlin, but I mean, we all are born and we all croak at some point. So anyway, thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. That wraps up another episode of Kirstie Alley on The Verge. We would like to thank Anchor.fm for the host. If you have Anchor, leave us a message. Kirstie listens to all of them. Please follow Kirstie on Parlor at Kirstie Alley. Also follow her on Twitter at Kirstie Alley. Please click that share button. Please leave a comment anywhere podcasts are heard. We love the support. Until next time, we'll see you soon. <laughs>